Hey guys, welcome back to the Public Truth Podcast, where we have discussions on the church's relevance in culture. I'm Daniel Evans, your host, and I'm joined as usual by Thomas West. Um, we, we bring up talk, topics that are relevant and, and in the news, and we'll talk about them for a minute, usually, and, and then have a discussion on how the church may have relevance into that topic. So, and we've actually got one. Sometimes they're a little heavier. Sometimes they're a little lighter. We've, we've got one that's heavy on on both of our hearts today that's, uh, that's relevant in the news. And we'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, Thomas, why don't you just catch us up on how you, Elizabeth, and the kids are doing this week? What's going on? Catch us up. Thanks, Daniel. Good to be on for another episode. Yeah, the uh, last week, I think, was uh, one of the smoother weeks that we've had. This one's been a bit nutty so far. Um, Shep has gone down with strep throat. It's amazing when these little kids get sick, how they still have, like, all this energy, and then they just crash and fuss, and it's kind of back and forth. Elizabeth's doing a great job. I thought Perry might get sick, but made it through. Um, I think we even had a play date or two that was scheduled that got canceled because of sickness as well, man. We've been busy with uh, uh, some network meetings uh, that we've been having and uh, ramping up for what's going to be like a full-on Thursday, uh, Thursday, <laughs> full-on February of activity and uh, even bigger March. So um, real sense of expectancy starting to come around some of the future things with the, the Redeemer sessions and uh, the eventual launch of Redeemer Queens Park. And honestly... You don't pay me that much to say these kinds of things, but uh, I've been enjoying running with you and uh, interacting the work we've been doing and, um, yeah, how this has been going. So that's a joy. How about you guys? What's happening? Yeah, in an opposite form, we're, we're very healthy at the house right now. I'm sorry to say that with a giggle in my voice, but um, You're a terrible person. We're, we're thankful usually. Usually we'll all just get hit with something about this time of year, so it's probably coming. But thankfully, we're healthy right now. Um, you know, the big thing with work, as you know, um, we've got a another large gathering for our, our new church community that's coming together in Northwest London. Um, next Saturday, we're actually going to talk about the message of the church. So a lot of prep going into that. I'm excited about that, but... Enough about us, guys. Thanks for joining us again. We're, uh, we're sitting on Lonsdale Road, so you, you may hear a squeaky bike ride by. You may hear a delivery truck or van ride by. You may hear kids at the Here's school the next year, uh, next, <laughs> next to us um, on, on their recess time. Um, we are drawing some strange looks from people walking by, two guys with a microphone and a computer, but here we are right outside of a Turkish barbecue restaurant called Carbon. And, uh, and, and the, um, the topic that we're going to talk about is um, the tragic death of basketball superstar Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna Bryant, um, world-famous, uh, truly a superstar, maybe the best to ever play. Um, had recently retired in 2016. You think the best years of his life are ahead of him. 
all the money in the world you could ever want. Beautiful four daughters, 13 and under. And at age 41, he's cut down um, in the prime of his life with his 13-year-old daughter in a helicopter crash, along with seven other people, including the pilot. And you and I have gotten to talk about it. That, that was January 26 that, um, that the helicopter crashed and um, nine people, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter, passed in that event. Um, you and I have had a few days to, to talk through it, man. What were your initial feelings? Uh, I, I was in my bed getting ready to um, go to sleep and just doing some final check-ins on my iPad, and I saw that update come across the screen, and the, the feelings were just really strong. What, what did you feel um, when you saw it and when you heard it? Yeah, man. I found out uh, through a text message from your friend and mine, David Morgan, who is actually uh, rumbling around Brooklyn this week. And uh, when, it, when he sent it, he's like, man, apparently Kobe just died in a helicopter crash. This is, this is absolutely terrible. And um, I remember the first thing being like, this, this just can't be true. You know, like Kobe... And, um, man, the, the feeling then, I think, is, is like been the feeling that's lingered. It's like, man, this one just seems to hit so much harder and heavier than other celebrity passings, um, especially for sports, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. I and mean, we've been having some time and some conversation, and we want to try to explore, like, why is it this one seems to hit harder and heavier um, but man, it was like, I just, I just can't believe it. It's just, this, this doesn't feel real. Um, it certainly it just feels so heavy. So that was the first thing uh, that went through my mind as the text came in, hopped on Twitter, looking around and it's like, oh my goodness, it seems like this actually happened. So that was the, that was the, the first response for me. It's like, man, how, how, how is this going on? Right. What, what about you? I mean, laying in bed, you see it, you have the reaction. What happens next? Yeah, man. Um, you, you get more of the story and, and see that it's not just him, but it's his daughter. And, and at that time, checking Twitter, refreshing it every minute or two, um, rumors are going around that it was actually one of the another one of his teammates on the on the um, ride with him and that wound up being not true some rumors his daughters plural were on with him thank god that wound up not being true um, just trying to process it with my wife um, honestly going back in my mind and remembering um, maybe not in any real um material way certainly but he he shaped my life as certain superstars do more than others for a lot of us so um global icon in in north america china europe would would be known of pretty pretty commonly um came right out of high school straight into the nba so this was his life and and was one of the best to ever do it he came in for you and I um, 
we were already late middle school into high school, so that's 14, 15, 16 years old by the time he was really coming on. So it wasn't necessarily the childhood stuff, but more like young man looking at this guy doing this thing that any of us would love to be in his yeah. place and just excels an intensity to him that very few others had while also a levity off the court um, that, that was a unique blend always uh, he, he had the nickname the Black Mamba so just stone cold killer instinct on the court family man and generally kind community guy off the court so uh, all that just made him an icon to the point where just he went by his first name globally right you just knew of Kobe I can remember in in high school you you ball up a, a paper a piece of paper that you're done with and you try to throw it from a far distance in into the recycling bin or the the trash and anytime you throw something you say Kobe, Kobe. right right I mean and even even as an adult in my mid-30s I, I still got that going so just a guy you look up to as a young man want to be like one day really admire qualities about him and at 41 yeah has it all even even now you and i have young families and he's he's just six or seven years ahead of us when he when he passed and uh yeah it's just hard to come to grips with in a way that some other celebrity passings haven't necessarily been in in my experience I think I was watching the Lakers, specifically uh, Kobe and Shaq, absolutely running it, you know, as a high school student in the States. Um, when, I, when I first, like, really started encountering, you know, the NBA for myself. I mean, you go in the room, dad's watching it. He's getting everybody around for, you know, a certain finals matchup or something. But, I mean, the one where it's – we're going we're, – I'm just going to start following this, and I'm going to start carrying on. And who who couldn't get in on Kobe and Shaq, you know? I mean, the, the pass, the dunk, the point. Um, and such a competitor throughout his career. I mean, that, that last game, since the injury, struggling along. I mean, dude, dropping 60, clearly hurt. Like, clearly just getting through it. I mean, what an absolute competitor on the court. Um, so much to admire. I think, I think for some of the people I'm talking to, and, and they took a lot of that into life. Like, I mean, they saw a guy that would actually learn different languages based on who's coming on to the team. So you could even, like, just love on those guys in the locker room, call plays on the floor. Um, you can see how that intensity on the court really kind of carried over into life and, and how the man carried himself. I think that's part of what we're trying to get to is like we were able to pick up on some of that. Like, man, look at this guy. It's incredible at what he does. 
And look how it even comes into the rest of his life, starts shaping up some things. Perfect guy? Absolutely not. You're not. I'm not. He's not. I mean, we all got stuff, but the competitor, you know, um, that assassin's preparation mentality, so much to be admired. I mean, that's some of what I take away. I mean, some memories for you, matchups, just how he kind of carried himself and played the game. Yeah, so he was kind of the bridge between these three guys that at least right now everybody's debating, is this guy, this guy, or this guy the best player ever? So it was Michael Jordan through the 80s into the 90s, and Kobe comes in, and he, he's playing as a young man at the end of Michael Jordan's career. That's when Kobe's career has really taken off. And Kobe's, I mean, uh, Michael Jordan's the guy. He's the greatest of all time. And, uh, and Kobe comes in and just relates so well to Jordan, who, by all accounts, Jordan's competitive, and you kind of can't really get to know him. Um, maybe different than Kobe, it seems. And, uh, and he just seems to relate so well. He's a brand ambassador that Jordan was, as, as Kobe then kind of takes the mantle of the, the greatest player of his generation and has a great run for um, the, through the 2000s into the 2010s. And then uh, LeBron comes in as the next great player of the new generation. So Kobe, the way he interacted with Jordan, the old guard, then Kobe establishing himself, then LeBron James, the, the new guard, he, he just bridged the gap so well. And who knows? Who's to say? He may be the greatest of them all. Who, who knows? But just, just seeing him as a, as a bridge for the generation that's between all these three guys that is just playing great high-level basketball in the NBA. It's amazing. Uh, it was amazing to watch. And, uh, yeah, some memories of the, the 2000 Western Conference conference Finals against the Portland Trailblazers, and he's got the ball at the end of Game 7 and breaks down his guy, penetrates the lane, lobs it to Shaq coming from the right, and Shaq throws it down. And uh, the madness that ensued, absolutely amazing. I can remember watching it with my dad. I can remember Robert Horry hitting some big three-pointers during that run, and he got the nickname Big Shot Bob during <laughs> during that and uh, had had kind of the stardom factor with L.A. Who knows how much that played into yeah. it. Media Hub, yeah. the, the home of all the stars. And you've got <clears throat> Rick Fox and uh, Fisher running point. Just really just an energy that came and all led by Kobe. So there's there's so much so much going on that you and I are even just processing now why why it feels different than a lot of other people so you and I have just kind of word vomited from our hearts a bit on this icon uh, a bit of a hero from from our younger days and it's not a Financial Times current event. It's not an article from The Economist. You and I are just talking about a thing that happened four days ago that's tragic, tragic to a guy and his daughter 
and seven other people. Why key that up in a conversation on church and culture? What What's the connection? Yeah, that's well said, man. I mean, the public truth, there's conversations about the relationship of church and culture. Um, I, th- I think the... I mean, we're, we're talking about this because we care a great deal. Um, we really just loved and appreciated Kobe from a distance. Um, it's really impacted a lot of our friends, people that we run with. And um, we actually, you know, think the church has a, a relevant message right here. And the uh, message uh, comes from part of the Bible, Ecclesiastes um, chapter 7. Uh, verse 2. It says this. Maybe we could just say this. We could reflect on this for just a few moments here. Um, what, the, what the Bible would say, so part of the message of the church in a moment like this is, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of everyone, and the living should take this to heart. All right, now what in the world does that mean? Well, let's just, let's just think about it for a minute, and then we can try to find our, our current cultural moment. So it's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. Now, he, I don't think he's really saying it's easier. Right? It's easier to go to a funeral home, you know, than a really live birthday party. I don't, I don't think that's what he's saying. It's, it's, actually, it's actually tougher. It's harder. It's more difficult to go to a funeral home than to, you know, to a party at a pub or just getting together with some friends at a house, just having, having a good time together, a house of feasting. Now, why is that? Well, death is the destiny of everyone, and the living should take this to heart. So, you know, that's one thing that uh, has really come out. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of, our, I mean, for us, our friends, just watching some of the response in media, it just kind of brings up that fact, doesn't it? Every, every birth certificate has an expiration date. I mean, this is, this is less about Kobe and more about you and me and everybody else. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Like, this is going to happen. Death is the destiny of everyone. The church can say, the Bible says, the living should take this to heart. That's interesting. So it's not really a message for those who have departed. It's a message for those of us that are still here and still have time, so to speak. So it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. You know what? It's not an easier thing, but it's, a, it's actually a more beneficial thing to spend some time in a funeral home than at a big fat party because the funeral home is where everybody's headed and those of us who are still alive should take this to heart. Daniel, let's think about that in relationship to these, um, this unfortunate and tragic um, event of Kobe Bryant passing away. Um, I think we're talking about this on The Public Truth because death is the destiny of everyone. And everyone's looking for answers, looking for some type of comfort and solace, direction, guidance. And the church is that body of people with uh, not just another view, I think the most important view. 
community of people that's able to hold up hope in the face of tragedy and despair. I guess that is hope for all of the living to bring home. That's really good, man, because I mean, a, lot, a lot of people would say there really is no hope in death. Um, so, so for a, an institution and even a, a community of people to, to say different, that, that really stands out in, a, in the face of something that really seems hopeless on the surface of it. it and I think the church would say it's tragic it's terrible, but it's not completely hopeless. And, and the question would then become, after that, that we're not going to be able to fully answer. There's other worldviews that offer hope and death. Other world religions that come to your mind, different, different um, lives after death, whether that be something like paradise or heaven, or whether that be something like uh, a reincarnation cycle. So the thing that the church offers that nobody else does is a surety of hope and death. And if you'd like to hear more about that, you'd like to engage in dialogue with us, we'll connect our social media channels and um, website where, where dialogue can begin to, to talk about where, where does surety of hope come from in the midst of death. I'm reminded of uh, Psalm 90, which is a central um, part of the Christian scriptures, and it's really poetic writings. And the the Psalm of Moses says he's he's talking to God, and he says, "Teach me, or teach us to number our days." that I can gain a heart of wisdom, that wisdom comes from considering I'm not going to live forever. Wisdom and ordering your life properly comes from knowing an end is coming to this physical life. And, uh, and the church offers a place where that wisdom can be found. It's well said, Daniel. So I think we're able to you know, take the, the tragedy of this moment and, and hear this surprisingly relevant message from the church that would say, don't rush off. Don't, don't, don't try to get past this so quickly. Maybe spend some time in the house of mourning. Don't, don't run away from what's in the heart. Take some time to consider the, the hopes and the fears that, that come up when these news headlines tragically fall. Uh, it's better to do this. It's better to ha- have a few moments like this that almost uh, force us back to reality, to the real and weighty things of life. Um, That would be our encouragement uh, as the public truth for this week. Don't rush off. If you can, force yourself to just sit down and linger and consider what you're learning through the classroom of the funeral home right now. Take inventory of that. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of views on offer out there. Maybe even, uh, maybe even a, a good church that understands the message of the Bible and is faithful to, to share it might even be able to provide some, some guidance for you in these days. As we close, our hearts are still heavy, even though we consider the hope that, uh, that the Christian scriptures offers, thinking about 
Kobe Bryant's wife who's left behind and, and their three daughters. We do pray for them, trust that God would show them where hope can be found in, in this difficult season. Um, we do thank you for joining us and hope that you'll continue to engage with us in this dialogue on church and culture. You can keep up with us on the web at thepublictruth.co.uk and on different social media platforms at The Public Truth. Thanks for joining us. See you again next week.